almost almost as uh, as transparent as Seth Efron is over at WRAL. Ned Barnett at McClatchy. Oh, okay. They, uh, yeah, equally transparent. All right, welcome to the show. Third hour underway. News Talk 1110 wbt Pete Callender here. You can uh, join the program at 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. And uh, email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. So Ned Barnett, a couple of days back, uh, around uh, July 4th, he was talking about uh, the national mood is mostly blue. Fox News and Republican politicians fan this negative feeling for political gain. Unlike we progressives that are always rays of sunshine and optimism. I'm just kidding. He didn't say any of that. He said he said Fox News and Republican politicians fan the negative feelings for political gain. But polls show eight in ten Democrats also think the nation is heading in the wrong direction. So like he, he just can't even bring himself to acknowledge like it's not... Like, he has to throw that out there. Like, we all know the Republicans suck, but eh, 80% of Democrats agree with them. So, the conventional wisdom is that concern about the economy will fuel a Republican surge in the midterm elections in November, helped by low turnout by Democrats. See, and this is the real problem for Ned, is it's going to elect more Republicans. He does acknowledge that the economic pain is real. But the solution is not to elect more Republicans. For one, they are offering no solutions. I mean, like, for real. But far more importantly, they have given up on democracy. They are going to destroy this word. They already have for me. I can't even see the word anymore, democracy, without, like, eye-rolling because it's they did it to they did it to so many words, right? Racist being a a, a very uh, recent one. Anything with a phobe thrown on the end of it, phobia, phobic, whatever. My goodness, like you guys just you guys just kill words. <laughs> you just you kill words like I don't know, like. Third-term abortions. I, oh, I'm sorry. I, come on. Am I not supposed to? T- too soon? Too soon? Might be. All righty. Uh, they have given up on democracy. This is the central charge of Ned Barnett, the, uh, uh, the obvious brain trust of the editorial board at McClatchy. Uh, they've given up on democracy. As their ballot box wins clearly prove... Republicans have given up on democracy. Right. That's why they're expecting a uh, red wave during the election. This reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend a couple weeks back. She's very, very left, but she's old. So uh, I, you know, I, don't, I, I, I don't engage with her as I would say uh, an aggressive caller, right? So uh, she made some comment about... Um, Donald Trump being a, a tyrant. She's very concerned about Donald Trump running again and Donald Trump's going to be a tyrant. And so the question is obviously, well why didn't he uh, why didn't he why didn't he do that? Why didn't he become a tyrant? Why didn't he become Mussolini? 
because she said that she looks at him and, oh, I think he's a fascist. What, why didn't he Why didn't he do that? Oh, well, he really needs, like, the second term to make that happen. Oh, that's weird. So he's got to run for re-election so he can be the tyrant rather than just, like, grab the reins while he can, <laughs> right, and be the tyrant and start enacting those fascist things. Don't do it right away. You got to wait till your second term, and then you go full Mussolini, because that's when they least expect it. He goes on to write that the recent rulings of a Supreme Court unfairly stacked with conservatives. Not true. Fair. Totally fair. I know Democrats don't believe it, but it was. They were going by the standards set forth by you guys. That's what fairness is. Fairness isn't you always win. That's not what fairness is. Just like democracy isn't you always getting your way. Not democracy either. But again, killing more words. Okay. Um, The recent rulings of a Supreme Court unfairly stacked with conservatives, thanks to Mitch McConnell's skullduggery, showed how the views of a majority of Americans can be denied on abortion. Actually, it's not denied. The majority view on abortion is, as I've laid out, uh, most Americans uh, do not want abortions in the second trimester, and virtually all of them do not want them in the third. It's like 70-plus percent. We are actually way more uh, uh, liberal on the restrictive time period than our colleagues in uh, in the West, than the other developed nations. Yeah, Western societies are all, like somebody told me yesterday, France is like 14 weeks. 14 weeks, which would have you branded as a fascist here. And we all know how them French are fascists. So uh, let's see here. His uh, skullduggery, uh, gun control, and environmental regulation. See, this is a rejection of the rule of law. So this is why they focus on democracy, not rule of law. Because they think if they just conflate abortion acts, oh, I'm sorry, reproductive rights, they conflate that with the partial birth abortion at, you know, the time of delivery. Right. They, they conflate all of that as one issue. They don't want to do distinctions. They don't want to do nuance. They don't want to explain positions and have these debates. They don't want to do it. And that's what he's doing here. Right now, if only there was a way to reflect the will of the people in some sort of, I don't know. Lawmaking process, like maybe we could explore something like that. We could set up a mechanism where people would be able to. Uh, all right, I'm just spitballing here, and you know there are no no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. But maybe you could like elect some people in like a voting process, and then they would go be your representative, let's say, in a body, and then they would make laws that represent the will of the majority, the will of the people. Like that would be we call it democracy, even. All Ned Barnett then goes on to say that President Joe Biden has low approval rating is unfair. (laughs) That's what he says. The low approval rating is unfair. He has brought decency and honesty back to the White House. That's what we always think. Old Joe, he's the most honest of the politicians, isn't he? I wonder if Ned actually even has heard of Hunter Biden's laptop. Seriously, do you think he's even heard of it? This guy must be in a bubble so thick, right? 
He has brought decency and honesty back to the White House, appointed talented and honorable people to run the government, and delivered the nation from the daily stress of worrying what Trump would do next. Really? I don't think you guys are... I don't think you've given that up. I think you still are captured by Donald Trump. I think your brains are still broken. I think he still lives rent-free in your heads. I think every single day... The same people that were living with the stress of worrying what Trump would do next, I think you still do. The fact that you wrote this piece indicates you still are, right? He says, now for sure, the nation has problems and challenges, but today's conditions are in some ways positive. The nation is, for once, not at war. Really? Have you heard of Ukraine? We're, we're funding a lot of that. Um... Also, wasn't it Trump that said no more wars, get us out of the wars? And wasn't Trump that was trying to get out of Afghanistan? And then the military was like, no, you can't do that. And they fought him and Democrats in the. I mean, maybe I'm just misremembering all of that. Oh, the pandemic is easing. I mean, granted, this was written a couple weeks ago before COVID uh, hit the president. But uh, states have surpluses. Wages are rising. Yeah, because of inflation. The strongest proponents of the politics of grievance and selfishness declare themselves patriots. They claim they embrace the spirit of the American Revolution and wrap themselves in the American flag. But these are phony patriots whose real loyalty is to their personal wealth and power. I mean, my God, man. Like, this is just, this is like what Seth Efron writes. This stuff is like out of uh, high school op-ed. Like, this is not... This is pedestrian. Let me just be. It's, these, these are pedestrian thoughts put to paper. This is not unique. It's not thought inspiring. It's not persuasive. It's not good writing. But again, when, you know, everything is all about a single person, everything is filtered through the prism of Trump, then I guess, yeah, I guess you do kind of sound like uh, just singing one note all the time. There's plenty to be discouraged about, he says, but there's something greater to be defended to keep democracy for those who support it. Unless it's Democrats who oppose democracy, then vote for them. Anyway. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Yeah, so Ned Barnett... McClatchy Brainiac he is, um, says, you know, to keep democracy, vote for those who support it. Unless it's Democrats who oppose the democracy, then still vote for them. What am I talking about? Ah, glad you asked. Let's go back to Seth Efron, the propagandist for uh, Jim Goodman over at WRAL, Goodman being the owner of Capital Broadcasting Company that owns WRAL, and the funder of uh, many, many leftist nonprofits that seek to undermine uh, all of the uh, uh, the Republican reforms and governance. So, uh, and by the way, Efron used to be the uh, the comms guy for uh, Governor Bev Perdue and for uh, Governor Mike Easley. Uh, but he was also a journalist at some point. I know, and everybody was so surprised. He went to work for a Democrat? Oh, my gosh, that's so weird. Um, Here's another one of his editorials from earlier in the month. Sudden emergence of a plan to change the way public education is administered. 
So the state constitution has, since 1943, had a state board of education largely appointed by the governor with confirmation by the legislature. With no notice in the waning hours of the legislative session, House leaders introduced and forced through the committee system and onto the full House floor a plan to change the state constitution to take the appointment power away from the governor and have voters elect the board members. Further, it would align the board's representative districts with the state's congressional districts. Well, I mean, that's not really that bad. Okay, that was, that's not really that bad. All right, so if you have, what, we have 14 congressional districts now, the State Board of Education would have 14 members. And you would then vote for your Board of Ed member in your congressional district and... Given the legislature's hyper-gerrymandering of congressional and legislative districts, which has been the subject of endless litigation over the last decade and continues to this day, it would guarantee... So, by the way, this would be a different piece right now. This would be a different position, I should say, from Mr. Efron. If, uh, first off, Democrats control the legislative body, which they don't, but if the structural problem that Democrats have in the in the geography of where their voters have amassed. That's the problem Democrats face. And it's not just in North Carolina. It's all over the place. They're, the biggest challenge they face is that they all live with each other in the cities. I mean, all right, that didn't sound... I didn't mean it like that. They live around each other. They congregate in the cities. And then they're like, I don't want cops, you know, patrolling my neighborhood for some reason. No, I'm kidding. So uh, they want districts to be basically drawn as uh, pie wedges coming out of the urban areas. That's how they would prefer, generally speaking. I mean, not, not all maps are going to look the same. Hashtag not all maps. They're not all going to look the same, obviously. Uh, but the concept would be the same, which is to, you have a really densely populated Democrat chunk. You're right in the center, the, the, the center city area of Charlotte, let's say. Like, let's, like that's all them. And then... You would just draw lines out from there and you would capture a lot of the Republican voters as you got further away or farther away, I should say, from the the core of the Democrat voters. But you would never have enough Republican voters on the outskirts to flip that district Republican. That's how they would like to draw them. In other words, gerrymandering, which is what they did when they controlled it, right? They, They did all of that. So that's how I know that this is what they would like to do. And by the way, this is what they do in the states that they do control. They draw these fingers that kind of reach out from the core Democrat areas and they they scoop up Republican areas so they can be kind of, quote, balanced, kind of balanced, but never jeopardize their majority. So this would be a different opinion if um, if this came from Democrats when they knew that they had a structural advantage in the map drawing process or in the legislature. Since the current governor is a Democrat, the current majority of the state board's membership is Democratic, with the administration of State Department of Public Instruction led by a Republican-elected state superintendent of public instruction. So the majority of the board is Democrat because Governor Cooper appoints them, and he's a Democrat. And Efron likes that. He likes this because it's Democrats. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's why he likes it. So the big defenders of the democracy... What is he arguing against? Democracy, right? 
He's arguing against the idea of direct popular elections for the State Board of Education. He says amending the state constitution and altering the way public education is administered by the state should not be the result of a slapdash solution concocted in secret and forced onto the ballot in the closing moments of a legislative session. So not only does he object to the idea, he also does not like the fact that what? Voters would get a say on it. (laughs) This same guy preaching up and down and lecturing us about democracy. News Talk 1110-993-WB. Remember, stick around Jason Lewis. Jason Lewis. Jason Lewis. He's going to be filling in for Brett Winterbolt today. Uh, he filled in yesterday. I think he has a book. <laughs> now he was talking about the book. He had a great interview yesterday with John Lott, Dr. John Lott, about guns. Um, All righty. So, inside Trump 25. A radical plan for Trump's second term. Former president, this is from Axios, this is Jonathan Swan. Former President Trump's top allies are preparing to radically reshape the federal government if he is reelected, purging potentially thousands of civil <coughs> civil sir. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> government workers. I'll just say that. How about that? purging potentially thousands of government employees and filling career posts with loyalists to him and his America first ideology that according to people involved in the discussions. So I love the fact that they, they, they frame this. So you already know, you know, who's wearing the white hat, who's wearing the black hat, right? Good guys, bad guys. You already can, you already know one group is described as civil servants, Sorry, I have a problem saying this term. No, I'm kidding. But civil servants, right? That's they're just they're just in it for you. I mean, they just sacrifice everything for you. They're just servants. Don't you ever don't you get that feeling whenever you interact with government officials that they're working for you? Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what comes across loud and clear with most of my interactions, right? Civil servants versus the loyalists. So you already know who the good guys are, who the bad guys are, who you need to uh, be more sympathetic to in this piece. And this was like a like a, a 16-page write-up uh, when I tried to print it out. I did not print the whole thing. The impact could go, there's that speculative journalism again, the impact could go well beyond typical conservative targets like the EPA and the IRS. What, what, no Department of Education mentioned there? Come on, Axios. Do you not even know any conservatives? Trump allies are working on plans that would potentially strip layers at the DOJ, including the FBI, and reaching into national security, intelligence, the State Department, and the Pentagon. You guys just want me to like Trump, don't you? That's what this is? Are you trying to make me vote for Trump? Are you trying to get me? Is that what's happening? So far, I see nothing wrong with this plan. <laughs> what, what, you say these things like, like this is the problem. This is what is the most hysterical thing about this big report. And oh my gosh, if you, heard, if you weren't on 
the Acela Corridor Twitter feeds today. Oh, my gosh. This is the end of our democracy, which is weird because we're all already dead from net neutrality. But uh, those who, I guess, survived, this will kill off the democracy for them, I think. Meanwhile, the conservatives on Twitter, they're like, I love this plan. Could whoever becomes the nominee implement this? Could we just have somebody besides Trump do it? This is a fantastic idea because Trump often complained about the deep state, right? Or the swamp, whatever you want to call it. The heart of the place, it's the bureaucracy. It is the federal bureaucracy. And by the way, if you are terrified of this idea, then join me in my crusade for limiting federal government. That's the nice part about limited government. It limits what your enemies can do to you. But when you constantly beat the drum for an ever-expanding government, at some point it's going to it, it's going to be controlled by somebody you don't like. The heart of his plan is derived from an executive order known as Schedule F, developed and refined in secret over most of the second half of Trump's term and then launched 13 days before the 2020 election. The reporting for this series draws on extensive interviews over a period of more than three months with more than two dozen people close to the former president, and others, so that's so close to the former president, and others who have firsthand knowledge of the work underway to prepare for a potential second term. So he's running. Most spoke on condition of anonymity to describe sensitive planning and avoid Donald Trump's ire. Their work could accelerate controversial policy and enforcement changes, but also enable revenge tours against real or perceived enemies and potentially insulate the president and allies from investigation or prosecution. None of which is happening now, has ever happened before, right? I love how they, like, the, the, the blind spot that they are admitting to right here, it truly is illustrative, is it not? The blind spot they have, so, so the folks who who were targeted by the IRS because they put Patriot in their group's name in 2010. What do you think they think of this idea? Do you think they're going to be opposed to this idea? Oh no, please don't fire the IRS people that were targeting me based on politics. Oh no, don't, don't, you know, don't target the, uh, the, uh, the FBI that launched investigations and planted stories against my, preferred political candidate. Oh, no, no, we, we got to protect them. Who do you think this is uh, is appealing to? Do you think there's anybody in Trump world that, or is a Trump supporter or anybody who's actually for limited government? Do you, do you think this, like, I'm, I did not vote for Donald Trump. I love this idea. Like, you're going to make me want to vote for him. <laughs> what are you doing? Here's what they play. They intend to stack thousands of mid-level staff jobs. Well-funded groups are already developing lists of candidates selected often for their animus against the system. Good. Fantastic. Yes. People who don't want the federal, the federal bureaucracy to be controlling all of these areas of our lives, put them in charge. That's precisely who I want in there. Absolutely. 
it, better yet, just get rid of the positions. Don't even staff them. How about that? So this Schedule F, Trump signed an executive order creating Schedule F in the accepted service. It established a new employment category for federal employees. Okay? Tens of thousands of civil (coughs) government workers. Excuse me. Tens of thousands of government workers who serve in roles deemed to have some influence over policy would be reassigned as Schedule F employees. Upon reassignment, they would lose their employment protections. And what does that mean? It means that they could be fired. Now, new presidents get to replace like 4,000 political appointments to oversee the running of their administrations. But below that level of the 4,000 appointments, there is this rotating layer of political appointees. Or uh, below the political appointees, there's this rotating layer. And there's a mass of government workers under the rotating layer, right? So you have the political appointees. They come in, they go out, come in, go out, right? Like, do you think Pete Buttigieg actually knows anything that's going on in the DOT? Uh, no, he doesn't. Do you think Kamala Harris has any idea what's going on? It, it, well, or Joe Biden. Anyway, they don't, right? They come in, they go out. The, bureauc- the bureaucracy is empowered. The bureaucrats are empowered. The, quote, deep state, the swamp. And this is what Axios acknowledges, Right? There's this mass of government workers who enjoy strong employment protections and typically continue their service from one administration to the next, regardless of the president's party affiliation. It could be as many as 50,000 employees. It would effectively, listen to this, upend the modern civil service, triggering a shockwave across the bureaucracy. The next president might then move to gut those pro-Trump ranks and face the question of whether to replace them with his or her own loyalists or revert to a traditional bureaucracy. Such pendulum swings and politicization could threaten the continuity and quality of service to taxpayers, the regulatory protections, the checks on executive power, and other aspects of American democracy. So what are they doing? They're saying the bureaucracy is the reason why our government operates as it does, that democracy equals bureaucracy. That's their argument. This is what they're saying. We, we can't get rid of these bureaucrats. This is what makes America, America. What a fundamental, different opinion than the right. So Axios reporting that Trump's team has been creating this Schedule F plan. Trump's allies claim such pendulum swings with one administration wiping out all of these employees. Oh, no, it would not have would not happen because they will not have to fire anything close to 50,000 federal workers to achieve the result of behavior change. That's the desired result. Firing a small segment of bad apples among career officials at every agency would have the desired chilling effect on others who are tempted to obstruct Trump's orders. See, now they make it sound like Trump's orders and all that. But remember the stories when Donald Trump took over and we were treated to stories in legacy media outlets about how bureaucrats would slow roll things that he wanted to implement because they disagreed. I remember the articles. I covered them. So, you know, I read them and we talked about them. I'm aware of the, how, 
how they did. They're like, oh, we're just going to, you know, just send paperwork after paperwork and just kind of death by a thousand cuts and keep them all um, jammed up so they can't get implemented. So, again, this is this is not an argument against Trump so far. <laughs> not to a lot of not to a lot of limited government types. Let me jump over here and get Mark on. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pete. I'm with you, buddy. This sounds like the best campaign policy I, I've heard in a long time. Right. Like, but, I, you couldn't get me on the judges when we're talking about the judges. This might do it, though. I, exactly. But let me point something out. You read a line in there where he where it was stated by Axios that Trump was going to go after his real and perceived enemies. Yeah. So, in other words, they admit that Trump has real enemies. Yes. I thought everybody who was opposing Donald Trump was doing it because they were out there sacrificing their lives to defend the holy grail of a democracy. Democracy, exactly. That's right. I mean, no, you, you mean to tell me he really has enemies? Absolutely. Thanks for the information, Axios. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, here, they named them. Here you go. You ready? Quote, unions yeah. and Democrats would be expected to immediately fight the Schedule F order. Well, Why? If it's nonpartisan, why would Democrats need to fight the order? Exactly. Uh-huh. Oh, they're doing it simply out of the goodness of their hearts, these For, yeah. civil government employees. The civil servants. <laughs> why don't we call them uncivil servants in this case? Well, some of them are very hey. nice. Some of them can be very nice. Okay. Yeah, when they, when, when they come to your door and ask you for your uh, uh, firearms. Uh, appreciate it, Mark. Yeah. Good to hear from you, man. Have a great weekend. <laughs> I was talking about the eight. That's the ATF video, right? And they come in. Oh, we just need to see those uh, firearms that you picked up. You bought a couple of them, and so uh, yeah. We're gonna uh, Trump's allies say that the Schedule F plan will finally end the farce of a nonpartisan civil service that they say has been filled with activist liberals who have been undermining GOP presidents for decades. Correct, boy wonder. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Firing a small segment of bad apples would have the desired effect. But I suspect Axios is really, really worried about how no operation of this scale is possible without the machinery to implement it. Machinery, you say? You mean like a political machine? You mean like the kinds that Democrats built that ran cities and states and are still operating to this very day? Like those kinds of political machines? All right. I wonder how worried they actually are. Two six-packs of shiner, 99-cent butane lighter, lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron. Ice down that igloo cooler, take a gas at all to do her. I can feel a good one coming on Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard Sing along to Redneck Mother Any blues I had before are gone Another working week is over No chance of staying sober I can feel a good one coming on. 
All right, so this is their real concern, I think. They say what's happening now is not like what happened last time. He's actually going to be prepared to assume office. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right I can feel a good one coming on Mark highlighted that sentence, real or perceived enemies, but also potentially insulate the president and allies from investigation or prosecution. Man, that must be nice. Like if you could get into a position where you could never be prosecuted for stuff. I mean, what does he think? He's like going to be a Democrat? That's crazy. Have a great weekend. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Break it down.